Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. And as they do so, I just want you to know if you're visiting with us today, we share the communion service about six times a year in our church. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are welcome to join us in communion today. It's not just for members of our church or for our regular participants. If you're visiting with us and you know Christ as Savior, you are welcome to share uh, in the elements here uh, this morning. We have been in a study of Hebrews together, and I just want you to kind of know where we're going. The next uh, couple of months, uh, May and June and July, the rest of May, June, July, we're going to finish Hebrews. We're slowing down a little bit for chapters 12 and 13 because there's so much um, application and uh, things that really are important to our lives in those chapters. And uh, Pastor, oops, good going. <laughs> Pastor Gary and I will be uh, sharing the messages. And I'll tag team you in a little bit on these sections of 12 and 13. And so I want you to uh, just spend some time in the book of Hebrews as we finish it up. And, um, and just consider what God has for us. This morning as we go to the communion, I would like us to uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 because it's a passage that we um, look at pretty much every time we have communion. At some point we read these words. I'd like to just uh, focus on them a little bit more this morning as we uh, come to the communion table. So let's pray. Fathers, we open your word. We pray that uh, your words uh, would be heard. Our hearts would be open to your word, and um, that, that our, our, just our spirits would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit today as we receive the bread and the cup as a reminder of the price that was paid for our salvation, as we rejoice and celebrate as well the hope of the resurrection on this resurrection day, the first day of the week. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Some, I know sometime last year we were up at Snohomish, and we had stopped into an antique store, uh, and they had clocks. Actually, it was a clock store. And they had all these old clocks in there. And there's one on the shelf that kind of caught our eye and uh, at the antique store. And it was this old English clock, kind of a kind of like, shape like that, sits on the table, a table clock. It chimes, has the Westminster chimes. And we both looked at it, and uh, we thought, that's really kind of cool. You know, we have some, I have Welsh blood on my side of the family, and... As something that my mom used to have a clock like that. And we looked at it and the guy said, well, there's a problem. He says, it, it, it's not working right now. That's why it's so cheap. But a friend of mine took it home and said, well, let me see. He took it home, put it on his shelf, and it worked fine. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The clock works fine. Brought back the clock to the antique store, put it on his shelf, and it didn't work anymore. And he said, so I don't know what's, he said, so I've discounted it so much. So we bought it. And, um, we, and, and we took it home, and sure enough, we sat it down and wound it up, and it ran for a little bit. And then it stopped. <laughs> and uh, kind of had that off and on. It just hasn't worked. And my wife, uh, my wife likes a show called Doc Martin. I don't know if any of you like this PBS show. And uh, anyway, this guy, Doc Martin, uh, his hobby is fixing clocks. And so she kept saying, well, why don't you learn to fix clocks? <laughs> you know, I mean, anybody can fix a clock, right? I mean, there's just about 10,000 gears in it, and, you know. Well, I fixed that clock this weekend. I want you to know. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I took the clock and I put it up in the mantle where my mom's clock used to be, and it works. 
The only problem is, it's like if you were facing the mantle in our house, and here's the clock, the clock is turned backwards, so what you're seeing is the back door of the clock. Um, but it worked. And so I took it and I carefully turned it around so it was facing front, and it stopped working. <laughs> so being the engineer that I am, I thought, well, maybe it has something to do with the the level, the clock. So I, some of you are shaking your head like you're all clock, clock makers. So I, I put a little shim underneath it, and it works. And it kept time all last night. Um, the only problem is... We have this other clock on our wall that Teresa's mom gave us some years ago that we've had for years. It's a real beautiful made in Zeeland, Michigan, uh, Howard Miller clock that also has a Westminster Chimes. And then last, about eight months ago, I took a bunch of stuff to the thrift store. And you know, you're supposed to take stuff and not bring home stuff, right? <laughs> but I had to go in and look at the records. I mean, you know, you never know if there's a Gustav Mahler or a Bob Dylan record I just have to have, you know. And uh, here was this Howard Miller clock that made in Zealand that was just discounted so ridiculous. I thought, well, somebody in our family would probably love to have this clock that chimes, even though we've already given our kids clocks. So I brought that clock home. So this morning, as I was sitting, going over my meditation for my message for you this morning, I have three clocks within about 12 feet of me, one right behind me, two right here, that are, none of them are digital. They're all ticking very loud. And they all have the Westminster chimes about 90 seconds off. <laughs> so, so this one starts. This one that's working now starts. And the one from the thrift store starts. And so it's quite a deal. And it just really reminded me for some reason. It made me kind of philosophical. Listening to that tick, talk, tick, with three clocks, so it's almost like tick, 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 tock, 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 tick, 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 you know, it's just like, um, and uh, it just made me think about, it. you know, sometimes, I know, I'm sure you've done this in your life, you've just stopped and thought about, as you watch the second hand go by, and think every second, is the second of your life that is past, and I'm, the time I was sitting there and listening to tick, tick, tock, tock, tick, tick, tock, tock, back and forth, I it's every day, every second, every hour, every minute, I'm moving that much closer toward eternity, and I'm moving that way. And I can remember thinking when I was 8, 10 years old, 12, 15 years old, 20, 30 years old, thinking the same thing, listening to the clock tick, and it represents time, and it represents our life. We read this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 just about every time we have communion service together. And like oftentimes with so many things, we jump into a context of this passage. And the passage that we read is verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. But the interesting thing about, and, and the, reason, the reason we share communion, you know, we don't, we don't share other um, ordinances or rites that we feel are just, you know, that, that we have to do. But this is a case where the Apostle Paul specifically says, I received from the Lord and I pass it on to you that you should do this. And he doesn't say I received this from the other apostles. He didn't say I picked this up, you know, just from the stories. He said I received this directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, it's very possible that 
uh, some of the Bible, many of the Bible commentators, I know uh, Morris, one of the ones I have in my library that's a very good one, uh, remind us that Corinthians may have actually been written, penned before the Gospels. Now, the Gospels took place beforehand, obviously, but they weren't necessarily written and distributed. And if that's the case, this actually may be the first written record revealed by God to an apostle to record of the Last Supper in terms of what they should do to remember the Lord by receiving the bread and the cup. But the context of it is, the interesting thing, if you look at the context, you go back to verse 17. The Apostle Paul is talking to this church at Corinth about their life as a church together. And he says in the following directives, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. They're getting together and they are meeting the first day of the week on Sunday, the day of resurrection. This is in the the Greek Roman culture. It's a working day. It's not Sunday. It's not culturally like we grew up with. I grew up with where Sunday was supposedly a day of rest, you know, the day of worship. This is a working day. This would be like Tuesday night. They would have to come after work. And these people worked a lot. And And they would have to come and meet in someone's house or a rented building and have their time together of fellowship. And they, and they would instruct from the Word. They would sing psalms and hymns. We know that. They would collect gifts and offerings. The Corinthians did to send to Jerusalem, for example. And they would generally gather around a meal, a common meal. And at that common meal, they would share the bread and the cup specifically as part of their gathering time. And here's what he says is going on. In the first place, I hear when you come together as a church... There are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, and look what he says here. I mean, imagine this scenario here. This group at Corinth has come together for their time of learning and worship and to break the bread and, and drink the cup together. And he says, when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat, for you eat... Each one of you goes ahead without waiting for anyone else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. I mean, if you read this, it sounds sort of chaotic. These people are coming together for a meal And evidently, based on how much you were able to bring to the meal, based on your income probably and your social status, you were just gorging down and eating all you want. And other people are drinking so much of the wine there, they're getting drunk. So people are are just eating everything, pigging out, we would say today, right? And drinking to the point of getting drunk and here's other people who have nothing to eat and nothing to drink because evidently they didn't have enough money to bring and this scene is is sort of chaotic and it's sort of frivolous and paul is hearing about this this is their this is their time this is like us getting together on sunday and doing this i mean be like you know we have a coffee time in here between services and it would be like if only a handful of you were allowed to come in and have the coffee and the rest you had to stay out because you didn't bring anything today or something And it's just gone chaotic. It's crazy. And Paul says, this is the context here. He says, now listen, wait a minute. This is what I hear is going on, and I think I believe it. And then he goes into these instructions. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the background of this chaos and frivolity and, and uh, just complete disregard, really, for reverence for the Lord, he reminds them. In fact, when he says here that the night he was betrayed, in the, in the original language, it re, we could really say the night he was being betrayed. Emphasizing the fact that while he was, while he was in the process of being betrayed, while, while Judas was out betraying him, he was breaking bread with his disciples knowing what was before him. It was in this whole process, a very serious time. That while this was going on, he took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it. And he says, this represents my body, which is for you. And some of the translations say, which is given for you, which is obviously inferred from this passage. The institution of the Lord's Supper. The bread represented his presence with them, the physical bread, it represented his body. And as the author of the Gospel of John and in 1 John reminds us that the word became flesh, dwelt among us, tabernacled with us. We touched him. We were with him. We lived with him, the very son of God. And Jesus says, this bread that I'm holding, it's a reminder that, that I was with you, that I am with you. That I am here and I am actually here. And he broke the bread. He gave it to each of his disciples. The unleavened bread from Passover. And said, take it and eat it. And remember, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Notice it doesn't say, do this in remembrance of my death. He says, just remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. You have, this scene is chaotic. You've taken this, this meal and you've turned it into a frivolous, chaotic event where it's unfair. It's not, even, it's not even representative of the body of Christ. Wait a minute. Take the bread and remember. It represents Jesus Christ. Remember his life. After he took that, He says in the same way in verse 25, after supper, this is part of the Jewish rite of Passover. Some of you have shared in the Passover feast together. Both these events would take place. This is the after supper uh, cup of blessing. And he took this cup of blessing and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The word there for new, it suggests the idea of fresh. And it's interesting he uses the word for covenant here. There's another Greek word that could be, that is contract. You know, if I were to sign a contract with you, if uh, Gary were to sell me, sell me his car and we signed a contract and said, I'll pay this, you give me the car. That's a contract. Whereas if someone says, here, I have a car you don't, it's yours. It's given to you. This is a covenant, not a contract. And he says, this, this, this fresh covenant, this new covenant, which is not the Mosaic covenant, it's the covenant in my blood. In the same way he took the cup, this is the new covenant in my blood. And he obviously passed it around and said, do this whenever you drink it, again, in remembrance of me. In remembrance 
of me. And that's all he says. doesn't say my death at this point. Just in remembrance of me. To bring sanity back to their meetings and to bring realization of who they are and what God has for them. To stop and remember Jesus Christ. And then he says this, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And he says, this, Jesus Christ gave this to me, and I'm giving it to you, Corinthians. Will you please step back and remember what you are doing, and remember the purpose, and remember you are the body of Christ. Remember you are one, and you should treat each other as one, and that by your love others will know that you are my disciples, that you are mine, you are Christ's ones. The cup and the, and the bread. Remember me. And when you do this, you are proclaiming. And that's the word, actually, it's where we get angel from. It's the kata angelis. It's the word angel comes from this messenger. You are a messenger. We are a messenger, friends, today as we receive the bread and the cup together. We are bringing the message to one another and to our world that Jesus is coming again. Do you really believe that? Jesus is really coming again. And, you know, I thought about this as I listened to that clock tick and talk and tick, 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 talk, talk, talk this morning. And I thought about this, you know, we think about time. And we, we should remember the past. As Christians, we must never forget this story of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we do this. It's, we did this on Good Friday. We'll do it today. We'll do it again in July and in September and in November. And we do this to just, you know, I don't know about you, but my life can get chaotic and frivolous. And I'm not suggesting as a church, we're like the Corinthian church where we're doing you know, gluttony and getting drunk and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just thinking of my own life. My life can get chaotic. Does your life ever get chaotic? Do you have a list of all these things in your least in your head you know need to be done? Do you know um, things that are coming up, unexpected things, things you don't know how are going to work out? All the things in our life that can sort of begin to bring a little chaos to the order we kind of like in our lives. And sometimes the frivolity, and I'm not talking about having fun. You know, a bunch of us went to the Mariner game the other night with the GBC group and had a good time. It's fun. It would have been funner, but anyway. <laughs> it, it's, it's fun. I'm not talking about that. But I know I look at my life, too, and, I, and there are things that are frivolous. There are things that are, are, are not, they're worthless. There are things I've wasted time on. And I, I could have used that time in ways that would, that would be just better for me in my life. And for me today to come here and, and to share this with you and to just to stop, just stop and be reminded once again and, and kind of bring back the, the order, the, 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 the calmness and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, no matter what's going on in your life. I know there's a lot going on. I understand that. It's life. But just to stop 
and let God speak to us and remind us how much He loves us, that He went to the cross, He chose with you in mind. When Jesus Christ hung on that cross of Calvary, if we really believe God is all-knowing, He went there with, with me and you in mind. Because He loves us so much. And we look ahead. And we must never, ever lose the cutting edge of expectancy. I think that's probably the thing that in, in our culture and generation, in our time, is we probably have lost more than anything else in our, in our Christian experience, is really, really the anticipation that He is coming again. He is coming for us, and He is coming again then to rule on this earth and to set things in order and to rule as Messiah on this earth. He is coming again. You really are going to see your loved ones that are gone. You are really going to see them again. It's really going to happen. It's really going to happen because of what he did and what he is going to do. And let's, let's just stop today and, and meditate. And I'm going to ask the elders to come forward. And what we're going to do, if you guys want to come forward this morning and some of the staff to come forward. Um, we're going to serve to you the bread first and then the cup. And as we do so, just want you to stop and just give God thanks. And take a few moments to bring that balance maybe back into your life that you need as we head out again this week. This is bring that balance back in our life, as Paul reminded them. This is for us to remember and to proclaim what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's serve the bread first. If you'll just hold it for a moment, and we're going to share, and they're going to share a song with us, and then we'll eat the bread together. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Father, we thank you for just for your love for us. We celebrate your love today. We rejoice in your love. And we are reminded of the price that was paid that your precious body was pierced, was broken, was battered for us. The same body that walked this earth and lived here among us and shared the Word of God and the love of God. And we thank you today that your Word and your love is in our midst by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we pray in Christ's name. So I was doing some... Uh, organizing of some material for to share with those interested in going to Israel, I came across, I was going over the itinerary, and I came across one of those places where we visit. It reminded me, I just kind of got this stark remembrance of the first trip I made to Israel in 1985. And one of the places we went was Caiaphas's palace. And at Caiaphas's palace, down below the ground, there was a dungeon. And it was very likely that 
pretty accurately the place where Jesus was held that night after he was interrogated and uh, already abused and was let down by a rope. There's a hole above the floor. He was let down by a rope into this dungeon, and he was held there that night until he was handed over to the Romans. And we all crowded down in there, all of us. I'm not sure how we managed around down there and up above and everything. And I just remember singing together, Man of Sorrows, what a name for the Son of God to, to claim. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And I just remember thinking of that, what the price he paid for our salvation. And he went from there to the cross of Calvary. And on that cross, spilled his blood for me and for you. In the same way, Paul says to the Corinthians, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We'll drink this cup together, and if you would for a moment, if you would just hold your cup for just a moment of silent prayer and thanksgiving to God, and we'll conclude our service. Let's drink together. Our Heavenly Father, we have gathered as your family today, as members of the church, the body of Christ. He is our head and we are the body. We pray that the testimony of our church family would be one that is unified, rejoicing, celebrating, sharing the good news, teaching the word, worshiping truly in spirit each week as we gather. And might we be reminded today, this moment, this second that we have right now to give thanks for the body and the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ to never forget, ever forget what he did for us and never ever lose hope and anticipation that he is coming again. We rejoice in this hope today and all God's people can say together, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Remember this evening, come and join us for the Grace Bible College ministry team. And guys, the tickets are on sale for the uh, men's uh, Mariners game in August. There'll be a barbecue and game. We'll leave right after church during our 10 o'clock service time. So you can get those today. And thank you for coming and celebrating once again Resurrection Day, first day of the week, and also celebrating with us the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, your love for us, your compassion and kindness. We thank you for providing all that we need. We think of the Apostle Paul's words to the Philippian church, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We pray for that spiritual strength, whatever lies ahead this week, and we leave this place in the peace, the shalom 
of your mercy and grace and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.